Tom Mulcair, good Monday morning, if there is such a thing. How are you doing? <laughs> Just fine, John. Good to be with you. Good. I want to start off with a story that interested me, and I, like you, I've been around politics a long time, and you see these things, and maybe you think about a part of it that wasn't about the story itself, but it's the story of David McNaughton giving an interview yeah. in which he talked uh, about whether Justin Trudeau should continue to uh, trash talk Donald Trump, uh, and I want to get your opinion on that, but before that, I wanted just to ask you about whether you thought, like me, that it was unusual to see David McNaughton, and David McNaughton is a, an old friend of mine. He was someone who, he's been around politics forever. He was a, a very good ambassador uh, to, to Washington from, from Canada, yeah. who saw us through all the sort of goings-on of the first Trump term. And yeah. he also was very close to Mr. Trudeau, and I thought it was just unusual he would exactly. give that interview. What do you think about that? I had very much the same feeling, because I do know that he was indeed very close to Mr. Trudeau. But I think that it's almost avuncular. You know, it's putting his hand on Trudeau's shoulder and saying, you really should think this through because what Trudeau was doing, you know, it's fair ball in terms of commentary and, and you know, the fights that go on between the conservatives under Poitiev and Trudeau's liberals are, are becoming epic, but they were almost using Donald Trump's name as a swear word. You know, you, you were yeah. Trump like, I yeah. mean, that was, that, that was an insult. And so Trudeau and his team went through a phase before Christmas where they were using that daily. And then I do believe that smart people around them started saying, oh, but by the way, this Donald Trump guy, he could be the president of the United States a year from now. Maybe we should be thinking this through. So I do think, you know, when you listen to Kristen Hillman, our tremendous current ambassador in Washington, you know, she's giving in softer terms very much the same advice. Well, you know, we're working very hard. We're establishing relationships. The United States is our most important partner on so many levels. We've got to make sure that that continues. They're all saying the same sort of thing. You know, it's, it's one thing to be on the radio like you and I are right now and say, oh, Donald Trump, what a rascal. He did this and that and the other thing last week because he provides endless entertainment yeah. and fodder for, for our commentary. But I don't think that the Prime Minister of Canada should fall into the trap of starting to insult the president, perhaps future president of the United States. Well, I sure agree with that. I think you just have to be very, very, very careful. And I'm not sure whether it's a winning strategy anyway. But having said all that, I, when you made that reference, and I've had the privilege uh, as a political advisor in terms of good advice and bad to put my hand on the shoulder of, uh, yeah. of a couple of prime ministers, I, I was just surprised that he did that via the Toronto Star. I mean, that's highly unusual that you would give that advice. I mean, it's not unusual he would give the advice, but he'd give it privately and say, hey, you know, I don't really think you should be doing that. But he did it through the Star. I mean, those of us that don't have access to Justin Trudeau as prime minister, you know, might give a star interview or talk about it on News Talk 1010, but he did it through the star, which was just odd to me. But anyway, um, they, they best know the state of their own relationship and why he did that. Uh, let's well, I think he wanted to make sure by putting it in the star that it was going to be read by a lot of liberals. That is for <laughs> sure. And many others and talked about undoubtedly by, uh, by Pierre Polyev as well. Now, speaking of, it isn't so much in this case, the next story that uh, I might ask you about Pierre Polyev, but it's about conservatives with a small C. Uh, conservatives right. with a small C around the country have have been having a, I won't call it surprising, but I guess when you use the courts, uh, you're, you know, even a broken clock yeah. is right twice a day, you're going to have, you know, <laughs> cases you bring that are going to succeed and they're going to set a new law in place, at least temporarily. Um, and this, uh, the, conser the conservative movement, if I can call it that, has been using the courts on a lot of different kinds of things and having quite a bit of success, most notably recently being, say, the challenge to the uh, invocation of the Emergency Act. The perfect example. Uh, and, you know, not too many people would have bet that the courts were going to say, no, actually, you didn't have the authority. You did not invoke this properly. You didn't meet the criteria set down in that law because we had gone through an official commission of inquiry provided for by the act. 
where Mr. Justice Rulo said, well, it's a close run thing, but I'll say that the government was okay in invoking this. And the federal court said just the opposite. Now, obviously, John, this is going to have to go to the Supreme Court probably as a reference case because you can't just leave it hanging out there. It's one thing for Poiliev to be very happy that Trudeau was embarrassed by this second ruling, but it's another to say that no future government now will have any idea when or whether or not they can invoke the Emergencies mm-hmm. Act. So it's got to it's got to get cleared up very quickly. But yes, there's something called the Canadian Constitution Foundation, and I've had a chance to, over the years to to see them evolve, and they, they seem to have you know fairly deep pockets and the ability to litigate. And it's very interesting because what they're doing is they're taking different cases to court and they're getting involved in defining new things it's everything from a very big issue like the emergencies act and the you know the so-called freedom convoy to single-use plastics and plastic straws you know which was one of the things that the liberals brought in and of course the court said well actually it's interesting but you're only allowed to regulate things that are toxic and that's clearly not the case for these straws so we're going to strike down the regulation so there is a little bit of hubris in the government sometimes when they've got an issue they say well the public will like this you know they'll see something symbolic in going after plastic straws and they'll, they'll think positively about us in terms of the environment but you've actually got to do that respecting the law you can't just have a regulation that doesn't respect the enabling provision and that's what happened in that case with regard to the emergencies act i was the the one one of the most surprised people when the thing got turfed i i read the decision and i thought you know mostly's reasoning was interesting but i I did have trouble following parts of it but as i say it's got to be clarified and if we don't get a clear ruling then maybe the legislation has to be changed because it is going to be important in the future for another government to be able to invoke it properly well, that's right, because the next time becomes even more difficult than the first time because there is now some, uh, you know, a court ruling on it. And as you say, it'll go to the Supreme Court. I want to just throw one at you here that is not on the list, but you're, you're uh, very adept at dealing with these things. Did it strike you? Because it just while you were talking, I was reminded of the fact that uh, the conservatives were complaining that uh, Jenny Byrne, one of their key operatives that helps Pierre Polyev, that her company was lobbying or was involved with lobbying Loblaws and that this somehow, you know, put her at least in an optically difficult position uh, vis-a-vis the whole grocery price issue. And I just thought it was kind of rich because uh, the, the conservatives, every chance they get, and this is what opposition parties often do, you and I have both been opposition party leaders, will talk about the con- uh, the things sort of out of context in a certain way, and what they did say with, I don't know, the Trudeau vacation and when he'd been to see the Ethics Commissioner right. and got a ruling and so on. Yes, that's taken out of context, too. And I just thought it was kind of rich that you had, you know, one party complaining about getting the same treatment they offer to the other party when it suits them. <laughs> Well said, (laughs) yes. But I do think that the Jenny Byrne issue is one that you're going to see play out more and more because the Liberals are a little bit tired of getting beaten up mm-hmm. on ethical and issues by the Conservatives nonstop. So they'll throw almost anything they want. I mean, Poiliev is a singularly effective opposition oh boy, leader. Is he, ever. he dominates Trudeau in the House. Look, I, I've never seen Trudeau like that, but ever since Poiliev became leader, question periods become quite painful for Mr. Trudeau, who likes staying with yeah. prepared lines, repeating them ad nauseum, getting everybody riled up because they want him to actually answer the question. And Poiliev just never relents. So for the Liberals now, you can, you can bet that they're going to be going after things like that. So you want to talk about the price of groceries? Who's helping one of the biggest grocery chains? Ah, some one of your key advisors is actually lobbying for them, and they're one of the groups that refused to sign this new deal that we were trying to get everybody to sign on to, to have you know more transparent rules with regard to price increases. Jenny Byrne equals Pierre Poiliev equals Conservatives. That's the equation that the Liberals are trying to put in place. 
is it unfair to a certain extent it is because she's a non-combatant <laughs> you know she's she's an advisor yeah the fact that she's, unfair, she's got an but... honest she's got an honest job but then again nobody said that this stuff has to be fair so i do expect uh, john to see the liberals upping their game and finding a way to respond to these constant nagging attacks by Poilievre and the Conservatives. And this is probably the opening salvo in that new phase. we got to go, but I will just say this to you, and I said it to you on television in a different context when we were talking about Ed Broadbent, but the last opposition right. leader who had the Prime Minister of the day having to pay very close attention to uh, the interrogations received in those comments, I'm talking to him. I am. No, it's the truth. People remember that. Thanks, they do. Uh, anyway, have a great day, Tom Mulcair. Thanks very much for all that. the best. Have a great yeah, you, Thanks a lot. Uh, that's Tom Mulcair, CT. TV and News Talk 1010's a political analyst, and he was. Remember when he was the opposition leader and he stood up and had a way of just interrogating the prime minister that didn't seem unduly partisan. It seemed to be sort of thoughtful and methodical and careful, and he was very effective uh, in so doing uh, that back in his day when he was the leader of the opposition. Coming up after 7 o'clock, we're going to uh, bust some bills, and we're going to talk about uh, hospital emergency rooms uh, and uh, who's inhabiting those these days and not why that pressure is taking place. That's uh, here on News Talk 1010. John Tory's hitting for John Moore.